You're listening to the Josh Trains Me podcast. You could say that's a backdrop. It's like a real natural backdrop. Yeah, like, totally. That'd be totally hilarious. Hey, you like push it, it's like... just a sheet. That'd be so funny. That would be. Yeah. Could you imagine they did that? Oh my God, that would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be funny, actually. Okay. Sorry, I'm just in my house here and it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's good, yeah. You should create that. Well, I, I won't, but I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I just, I know I won't. Full of ideas, man. That's fair. I, yeah. I hear you. I'm full of ideas too. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have time to do any of these things. Okay. Yeah, it's totally true, right? Yeah, let's just jump in. Thanks for being on here. I'm super stoked to uh, have you on here. I like, I've actually, I, I, this is one of the times where I, I sort of feel like I have a celebrity on here. Oh, that's sweet. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm like, I've actually been following you for quite a while. Like I've been, a, I've, I've been listening to your podcast for, I don't know, a couple of years. Amazing. Yeah. I remember like hearing one of your podcasts on, um, uh, pituitary thyroid, um, uh, access. What is it? PTA access? H H uh, HPA access. Yeah. yeah. Hypothalamic. Right. And I was like, fuck legendary. I was like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, great. So I like I took note, I take notes on some of your podcasts. Like, That's amazing. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I like to like truthfully be upfront, like when not that this is service, but when when something is good in my life, I like to I like to talk about that because it's quite easy to talk about what we think is negative. So totally. I try yeah. to make that sure that means a lot, especially means a lot coming from a man because it was the healthy hormones for women podcast. Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's great that like men actually tune in because yeah, you will, you will learn a lot. So I, I think that's great. And I mean, I'm a coach too, and I coach mainly women. So it's like, I can't yeah. just like, you know, the first several years of training, I totally ignored menstrual cycle. And I think it was because people around me weren't talking about it. Right. So I was like, well, I'm sort of like, I don't experience this because I'm a man. And if people aren't like, I didn't take the initiative at all to learn it. Right. And then eventually, you know, a couple of years back, I was like, this is a fucking huge thing. You can swear on this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, like, what am I doing? Like, I can't keep training women uh, ignoring this. Like, it's, it's really ignorant. Totally. And I think that's like, I acknowledge you for that. That's really important because yeah. yeah, like women's, our, our energy, our cycles, our hormones, like we're, we are not a man. <laughs> we yeah. function very differently throughout the month versus you guys. And so it's important to understand that because you'll be a better coach that way and help totally. them navigate that. Right. Yeah. So I'm really stoked to have you on here. I, uh, like, you know, we've been, we've been working on booking this for quite a while and I have like an accumulation of questions Lovely. Um, but what I'd like that sort of go with first is I know you have Hashimoto's. I know you have that autoimmune and like, what's your experience been like with that in terms of, um, like lifestyle and then eating and then training. I'd like to know that as well, but what's totally. it been like for your lifestyle? Oh man. Well, where do I start? Okay. So I was diagnosed officially back in 2017. Um, although, I'm sure I had it way longer before that. That was just really when the symptoms kind of like were rearing its ugly head in, in 2017. Mm. Um, and so like symptomatically what was showing up for me was I was really tired and I couldn't sleep and I like my weight was fluctuating. I was uh, like lots of brain fog and just like, couldn't think clearly and then um, I remember being in the gym and going to lift weights and I like went to go grip these weights and like my hands were like, I couldn't grip, like I just couldn't grip it. And it felt like literally my hands felt like arthritic. And I was Whoa. like, oh my God, like what's going on here? And actually in that, in that moment, because I had worked with so many women and Hashimoto's and all these weird symptoms showing up, I, I literally said to myself, oh, this is Hashimoto's. Like, I just, I know, like, this is Hashimoto. I just knew it instinctively. And it's funny because for the longest time I was like, I am not addressing thyroid. I am not like, this is not the thing I'm going to do in my practice ever. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm, and I kept pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off. Cause 
I mean, it's, it would come up, but like to really dive deep into it, I was like, no, that's not going to be my thing. And then, and then I got Hashimoto's. I was like, okay, this is going to have to be my thing now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, went to my naturopath, did testing and, uh, sure enough, my antibodies were, were, were pretty high. And then, um, yeah, life's, I mean, going back to your question, lifestyle, nutrition, training, all the things like really had to shift for me. I was already eating a really clean, clean diet. Like, you yeah. know, I was gluten-free. I was for, for the most part, dairy-free, like low to no sugar and just very like protein, fats, fibers, veggies, you know, like it was, it was really clean. And then, um, and quality was, is a big thing for me too. So like quality of the food was really great. Uh, but I just had to like, take it up a whole other level basically. So there's a the AIP protocol, the autoimmune paleo protocol. Mm. And what that does is remove a lot of gut triggers because obviously you have an autoimmune disease. Your gut plays a huge role in that. Your immune system lives in your gut. So you want to optimize gut health as much as you can. Mm. And so you are basically eating like a paleo diet, but with the elimination of eggs, nuts, seeds, even spices that come from a seed. So like fennel or mustard, like it's, it's a lot of little nuances, definitely like no dairy. Um, I can't even remember now off the top of my head, but that's like kind of, kind of the gist of it. And, uh, so I just kind of was like, you know what, like I'm already eating basically a paleo diet. Let's take this a step further and like eliminate all of these other potential triggers. And, you know, I was eating eggs like pretty much every day. I was eating lots of almond butter and like nuts and seeds and things like that. Um, Obviously I use a ton of different spices and herbs and things when I'm cooking. So I just became like really conscious of that. And, you know, it wasn't something like, oh, I'm going to eat, like, I have to eat like this for the rest of my life. It was just like a temporary reset to give my digestive system and my gut a break. Um, And I definitely noticed a huge difference like that puffiness, Mm. that like inflammation that I was feeling in my body, um, that definitely subsided. And, um, like my brain fog was clearing up. Like I was starting, I was definitely starting to feel better. And it's not just to say the diet was the only thing that caused that, like for me to feel better. The diet was one piece of the puzzle for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it, it really helped to open me up to the things that I was eating, like a lot of on the regular, just to minimize that, you know? So like, I don't eat eggs now every day. It's, it's about having more variety and rotation in my diet. Mm. You know, I, I rarely eat nuts and seeds now. Like it's just, it just became such a habit. Like I would maybe snack on them sometimes, but like now that's, that's never a thing. I might use them in certain recipes or something like that, or throw them in a salad, but like, it's, it's really rare. Um, even the amount of like nut butters. Like I, ra- I rarely use them. Um, so like things like that shifted pepper. I, I learned like black pepper. If I have too much of it can definitely be a trigger for me. And I wouldn't have learned that otherwise. So like, I wow. actually, I don't even use black pepper anymore when I'm, when I'm cooking. It's one thing if I eat out somewhere and whatever, but yeah. I just don't have it. So I just like little things like that. I learned some, some triggers were, were trigger foods for me. So I cut those out. Mm. Um, training. Oh my God. Like I, would work out. I used to work out like four or five days a week and like weight training was just like my love and it still is. Um, but at the time, especially when I was kind of feeling the absolute worst, I, I was so tired. Like I was so tired. I was so drained and your adrenals are so connected to your thyroid that I had to really be conscious of overdoing it. On top of that, I wasn't really sleeping very well and getting that deep rest. So to go to the gym and, you know, give it my all just like, that just wasn't going to happen. And if anything, I would go to the gym. And if I, like, I remember going to orange theory and doing orange theory for a little bit, and I would come home and literally fall asleep on the couch. And I was like, this is supposed to be energizing me. Like your workout should energize you and you should feel great after not depleted. So I was like, this is just not the workout for me. Um, so I just had to be really conscious of that and like slow, slow down the training. Was that pretty consistent that you'd come back from like at that point that you'd come back from a workout and fall asleep or you could fall asleep? 
like I would fall asleep. <laughs> I would okay. literally be on the couch. Like I need to take a 30 minute nap right now. Cause I'm so depleted. Yeah. Well, th- this is the interesting sort of tie in with nervous system for me is that, you know, us as humans, we have difficulty uh, transitioning. So from you going to like, you know, a very, uh, a very sympathetic, you know, hour or totally. hour and a half, whatever, maybe it's whole yeah. morning. It's hard to tell, but to going to sleep and like in some regards, probably not exclusively, but in some regards that almost sounds like a really effective nervous system being like super sympathetic and you're able to bring it all the way down to parasympathetic, like the dog, like running out the deck. And then like three minutes later, you're sleeping on the deck. <laughs> totally. Like shit. So was that like, did you think about that at all? Or was that part of, or you knew it was like other red flags. So that was also a yeah it was it was just and and that's a good point like yeah your dog goes out and like like sprints you know these bursts of like energy (laughs) comes in and falls asleep um and that's a great way to look at it but um yeah your workouts shouldn't be exhausting you like they really shouldn't they're they're you should feel energized sure you might feel like a bit of this physical fatigue, don't get me wrong, but where you're like, oh my God, I need to nap. Like I physically can't stay awake right now. That's the red flag of like, okay, this workout just isn't for you. So, um, yeah, I had to be really conscious of, of just, just stopping, stopping that. So, so I did. And even when I was going to orange theory, I would literally go to the trainer and be like, I'm going to be in the corner doing my own thing. Like, do not come over to me and like push me for time and all this stuff. Like (laughs) I'm here to like, you know, participate, but I got to do it in the way that feels right for me. Um, and even then I was still like, it's hard. It's, it's hard to be in a class like that where everyone's like, you know, like pushing and you're trying to like manage your, energy output like you just can't like yeah I gotta keep up I got like everyone you know you're just it's hard so anyways it got to a point where I was just like yeah no this isn't the workout for me um and so so I stopped and then um I would just I would weight train but I would just weight train slowly Mm. like it wasn't about beating time or like rushing through it. I was just like, I'm going to train, but I'm going to like move slow and give myself enough time between my sets. I'm not going to do any high intensity. Like there's not going to be any of that. I might walk, like I need to move my body, yeah. but I just need to do it in a, in a way that feels like almost really therapeutic. And so that's mm-hmm. how I shifted that. Yeah. I really, uh, I really appreciate you bringing this up because obviously you're an intuitive person you've been coaching for a long time and you've been paying attention to your own body and mindset for a long time I I think that that's pretty important to hear um about how you went about training how you went about changing that because I mean I still hear and I I think I would almost put this under the bucket of like fitness myths or training myths is like you know the more you sweat the better the workout like I still hear that and I'm sure you you maybe do too but it's like no like you could sweat you know, sit in a sauna or like go out on a hot day. That's not a good workout. You're just, you're standing. Right. And then I also hear people still, and, and, and I mean, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of information. So there's no, there's no blame with this. I'm, I'm just, I'm glad that you're bringing it up because again, part of the coin is like, you know, folks thinking that if they're not drained after their work, then they didn't work hard enough. And then there's a whole lot of like self-image maybe even associated with that. So totally. it's like this deep rooted thing. Yep. It, it's true. So that's super cool. Um, about that. Like, one thing that stood out to me about what you said originally in terms of maybe like, uh, under the lifestyle category is that you felt puffy, mm-hmm. you felt inflammation. I'm sure there are men and women that have been struggling with what they may not even know as inflammation for a long time. Right. Do you, do you have any like, um, somatic tips or anything for people to tune into what inflammation might feel like? Yeah. I mean, it can feel so different for everybody. Um, if you are dealing, like, I find like one of the, one of the things I often hear when people start like getting older and aging is like the arthritic pain, right? Like just their joints. That's, that's Mm -hmm. 
often the number one place that people really start to feel it is their joints. Um, so paying attention to that for sure, that's going to be huge. Um, but also like blood markers are really important because I think what happens is we're like, oh yeah, I feel fine, but there's things that's going under or like, you know, behind the radar that like you, you wouldn't know other unless you did blood work. So like checking your high sensitivity CRP, cause that's like one mm. of the most important tests for checking inflammation in the body. Um, because the higher your CRP, the higher risk of heart disease and cancer and diabetes. So that's something you really want to be checking. Um, but like, you wouldn't know that, like you wouldn't know unless, unless right. you checked, right? Like sometimes we just don't know these things. So until the symptoms really start to show up where it's like, you feel this debilitating pain and 40 pounds just came on. And like, you know, like when you really start to see those things for sure, then that's maybe when we start to take it more seriously, but Sometimes this stuff is like, it's just these little whispers that your body is giving you like the brain fog, like the five pounds of weight gain, like the constipation, like the cycle changes, the constant headaches for migraines, like the stuff where you might be like, eh, this is pretty normal. You know, it's just like a little whisper to like, Hey, pay attention to me. Something's something's off here. Um, but because we feel fine for the most part, we don't we don't really think it's a serious thing. So like you're testing your CRP would be really important. Um, your HS CRP or high sensitivity CRP. Right, and yeah. then, um, you know, testing like blood pressure and cholesterol. I mean, cholesterol is, it's, I, I don't think that it's actually a really bad thing. Um, cholesterol is actually a really good thing. Um, and so, cholesterol, if your cholesterol is high, it's actually more likely that it's sugar and high carbs. That's causing more of an issue, not you eating organic eggs and avocado and things like that. Like, you know, so, and then you go on a statin on a cholesterol lowering drug and that depletes like minerals and coenzyme Q10, which actually protects your heart. And it's just like a whole thing. But, um, you know, just if your cholesterol is high, there's probably simple dietary tweaks you, you can make. Um, also just on a random note here with cholesterol is that as you lose, if you are losing weight, your cholesterol will go up because you're losing fat and you're going to have more lipid like fats in the blood. It's so wild to me that you go to the doctor and you've lost 50 pounds and they're like, Oh, you lost weight. Great. But look, you got to go on a cholesterol medication because your cholesterol went high. And it's like, Mm. they just lost 50. How do you not know how do you not know this? Like the body will take some time right. to normalize. Um, so yeah, testing those markers could be, could be really important for sure. So like, um, cholesterol, high blood pressure, CRP, um, your insulin as well, you know, your fasting glucose, things like that, that, that could all be really important too. Just looking at those things. Cause again, you don't really symptomatically feel it, but it could something that be something that's going on behind the scenes. So for a client that you might have, uh, that we would, you know, maybe consider like a little bit more general, like not necessarily autoimmune issues or anything like that. Mm-hmm. How, like, do you, do you still recommend getting their blood tested? And, and if so, how often, and like, how does that process work? Yeah. So mainly with our clients, um, and our program that we run the hormone solution program, we are running hormone testing that's really what we're doing. So whether they have autoimmune or not, or, you know, they're just coming to us for, you know, quote unquote, general health. I would say that most women who are coming to us, there is something going on. There's either like burnout or weight gain or cycle issues or infertility or menopause symptoms. Like there's, there's something that's going on there. Um, and so we always run hormone testing and I think that's really valuable because, um, we run the Dutch test, which is different than like going to your doctor and just testing like serum, like blood, because with the Dutch test, it's a urine test. So you're actually peeing on these strips over like a 12 hour period. And mm. with urine, you can actually see hormone metabolites, which you can't see through serum. So, mm. you know, for example, your estrogen, you don't just have one estrogen in the body. You have multiple type, uh, types of estrogen. You have some that are very protective. You have some that can be a little bit more problematic and you can actually see those 
on the Dutch test versus serum testing. So um, it's really important because you can see like, oh, is your you know, for hydroxy estrogen high, because if it is high, that can actually be very indicative of things like breast cancer and ovarian cancer over time. So mm. we want to find ways to lower that and detox that, you know, is your good protective estrogen high enough? If not, well, let's, you know, find ways to boost that up. So you can do all that with the Dutch test and see that more clearly. And you just can't see that with serum testing. Um, mm. so we, we like to do hormone testing. And then we do a hair mineral analysis test, which is really powerful because minerals are the spark plugs in your, in your cells. And if you don't have those minerals, you will, you will really start to feel really depleted. And like that true healing that you're looking for, it's just, it's just really not going to happen. Um, so we, we really like to do the mineral, we do the mineral analysis with the hormone testing, and that gives us a really, really clear picture. And then of course, running like a general metabolic panel that includes things like your cholesterol and liver enzymes and, you know, iron and red blood cell and white blood, like that kind of stuff. Um, that that's great to run as well. That just can give you some general ideas of what's, what's kind of going on there. Um, so like, can you do ahead. that through urine as well? Or is that a blood test? The metabolic panel is a blood test. Yeah. 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 Just like so a tip. It, basically it's like a CBC, your complete blood count. Okay. Yeah. For the most part. And then cholesterol we add on there. Um, thyroid can only be done through blood. So that's another big one that we often run because most doctors only test TSH, which is your thyroid right. stimulating hormone. And that's included typically on the metabolic panel, but it's just one piece of the thyroid. Like it doesn't show you enough to really get in there and go about like true healing. So you want a full thyroid panel that tests like your T4 and your T3 and your reverse T3 and your antibodies. That's really what you want to look at. Right. Yeah. I, and I know you've talked about this, like, well, I mean, you talk about thyroid a lot clearly it's a huge issue, but like, I, like I, I would love you to break. I, sorry. I would love, I, you know, I, I think you're great regardless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually tell guests that I love them. It's a bitter <laughs> I appreciate it. I was going to say like, break down if you can, the difference between the thyroid panel, you talked about the different hormones, but like, why is that? Why is that better than just checking for TSH? For sure. So your thyroid stimulating hormone is just one piece of the thyroid puzzle, right? So, and nothing really exists in isolation. We want to, we want to look at the whole piece, right? So we want to be looking at free T4, free T3. Your free T3 is actually your active thyroid hormone. Like that's the one that's really doing the job. So the fact that doctors don't even look at that, it's like, that's your, that's your thyroid hormone. That's where the the metabolic energy is going to come from. It's going to come from T3. Like, why wouldn't you test that? So um, that's really what we want to look at. Cause if that's really low, well, then we know like something really is going on with the thyroid. Um, your T4 converts to T3. And so if that is really low, that can also be an indication of things like, um, like basically you need magnesium, you need zinc, you need copper, you need, you know, a whole bunch of minerals to really a selenium to really help with that T4 to T3 conversion. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's important to look at those, those, oops, my dog's making noise over there um, to look at those labs, because then you can address mineral deficiencies, which will improve that thyroid conversion. And that in turn will boost that thyroid hormone. And then in turn, support your thyroid stimulating hormone. So it all works together. Um, your reverse T3 is kind of like a storage. So if that's really, really high, we know that you're not actually getting enough of the, of your real T3 of your real hormone. And it's almost like being stored because your, your body is in like, um, burnout, essentially. When I see that that reverse T3 is high, it often shows me that there's a lot of underlying adrenal issues going on that needs to be addressed. And then your antibodies are really important, your anti-TG and your uh, anti-TPO. So those are um, basically 
about 95% of women that have thyroid issues, it's actually due to autoimmune Hashimoto's. So because that's, it's, it's pretty significant. So we want to make sure we test those antibodies because those stats are pretty high. Let's Mm -hmm. rule out autoimmune. And so, um, testing those antibodies is, is really important because then it really shifts the picture from, okay, yes, there's this low thyroid issue going on, but there's also an autoimmune issue going on. So how you would work with that is very different than just addressing the thyroid. Um, and then even with the autoimmune picture, what happens is people are still just addressing the thyroid. They're not addressing the autoimmune and, you know, you need to address both to really heal the thyroid. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I, uh, I do have some clients, uh, two clients with Hashimoto's right now. And I think, I think what was interesting about what you said at the beginning was talking about how, you know, people generally come to you for, and you talked about the span of sort of the symptoms. And it's like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I know most people I know have those issues. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, we're really opening up into like, where is our health at as a society? Yes. Mic drop, headphone drop. (laughs) It's all boom. (laughs) Totally. Um, No, but you're right. You're absolutely right. right. Yep. And uh, I know, I think you and I actually, I think we eat pretty similar in uh, principle. Like I know it's, uh, there's definitely some raw milk in there. There's organ meats as much as possible for me, which is not that often. There's egg yolks, there's natural, there's organic stuff. Um, The raw milk's a big one because it's friggin' legal, which is hilarious. <laughs> it is so ridiculous. Like this is how it's always I been. I know. Uh, I can buy this jug of fucking garbage and it's totally fine for me to buy that, but I can't buy this stuff. That's actually health, health improving. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a cool, um, there was a cool little snippet from George St. Pierre. You know who that is? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I guess, of course, everyone knows him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He, was talking about, he visited this tribe somewhere. I'm not sure this indigenous tribe. And he talked about his experience where the tribe basically ate the organ meats and they gave the, uh, you know, the, the less common, less nutrient dense meats to like, like the, muscle the, dog, the muscle meats. And it's funny because like in our culture, those are what we eat and we don't eat the organ meats as a whole. Yeah. Right. The opposite. And I'm like, when, like, when, did we as a culture, this is a little bit general, but when did we as a culture start to shift away from like what's healthy in food? I know. It's like, it's brutal. (laughs) It is. It's so wild. I mean, it's marketing. Yeah. You know, we don't have a health food industry, even just the food industry in general. Like it's a marketing industry. That's, that's all it is. It's, you know, getting you with their clever campaigns and um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And who's really running the show behind the scenes in terms of mm-hmm. you know, pharmaceutical and, and whatnot. So it's a whole political conversation yeah, yeah. and rabbit hole we can go down, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's not serving us. I, I agree. I don't think we need to get there. I'm not super educated on like the political side of it. And I think this could go on for like a half day if we did that. <laughs> don't know. Probably not helpful like the, the seven hour edition. Um, when did you start to intentionally incorporate some of those foods for time, like organ meats, raw milk, egg yolks. I know that you adjusted it when you, in 2017. Yeah. When did you start to think like, okay, like our diets are not awesome. I'm going to like level up. And I know it's probably been like 17 segments of that, but is is there a time where you're like, okay, I need to, like, I'm not incorporating these foods into my lifestyle or my, into my palate. Like Mm -hmm. I need to start doing that. Yeah. So I would say, um, like eggs have always been a part of my diet. They just, and like I mentioned earlier, instead of eating them every day, I was just being more conscious of spreading it out, Mm -hmm. um, over the week. And then, um, I would say like years ago, I don't even know, like maybe five or six years ago or something like that. I, I would eat some liver, but like, it just wasn't a real staple. Like there really wasn't consistency with it primarily because I didn't love eating it. Like, let's face it, beef liver, yeah. 
like chicken liver is more um, milder in taste, but it's not as like therapeutic and nutritionally rich as beef liver. So I would make like a chicken liver pate and be so proud of myself because it tasted so good. It was so great, (laughs) but I was like, it's not as nutritionally dense, but at least I'm eating liver in some form. And then when I would try it with beef liver, it just wasn't the same. Although I did make a beef liver pate the other day and it actually turned out pretty, pretty good. So I ate the whole thing. It was was pretty good. I don't even know what I did. I just (laughs) randomly... (laughs) threw some ingredients together um, because I defrosted some beef liver to give to my animals because I gave them to the cats and to the dog. Um, And then I was like, I need to use up the rest of this. I'm not, not letting it go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I would say like a good five or six years ago, like I started to incorporate a little bit more of those organ meats and especially like bone broth. Um, but it wasn't really in the past until like the past year, I would say like more recently where I started to really make this shift and question like, why am I buying this unsweetened coconut milk with all these weird ingredients when mm-hmm. I could just eat raw and drink raw milk? Like why, why, why <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to make what I think is the healthier option by doing, by eating non-dairy, but actually when I look at the real raw milk and the way dairy is naturally produced, like it's actually super therapeutic. And, you know, I just like, it was this shift in mindset of like, oh my God, this was like, it was just like this aha of like, why, why have I been missing the boat on this? And also like, let's face it, it's not as easily accessible to get raw raw milk. Right. So it, that's why it was not really a a thing for me. It was just like, well, it's easily accessible to buy some organic unsweetened almond milk or coconut milk. Sure. I'll just do that. Um, But then when I was like, no, I need to get out there and actually research where I can get some raw milk. And then I ended up getting, having a friend who gets some and now brings it to me basically like every two weeks. In a, Um, in a, in a opaque bag with a zipper (laughs) and a lock on it. Totally. Totally. Um, and so, and like grass fed butter and, you know, ghee, like that's always been a part of, of my diet, like the animal fats. Um, if we, cook bacon, you know, we save the bacon fat and like, you know, just things like that. Um, but really more of like the raw milk and, and the, and the organ meats has become, I'd say in the past year more, I've been more conscious about including that on the regular. And then, um, with my egg yolks, like I just started adding it to my coffee. Um, yeah. So like, I know it sounds weird, but, um, I don't know how you actually pronounce it. Like I'm obsessed with all things Italy. I just love Italy. I just want to be there. I want to live there. We traveled there in like 2018, loved it. And there's a drink that they make and it's called like, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it, like Zambaglioni or something like that. And it's basically coffee with a raw egg in there, but they, they whisk the egg yolk, not the whole egg, the egg yolk with sugar. And then they put it in there. And I think they add like some type of liqueur or something. And so I was just like, I'm going to start adding this to my coffee. And so I would whisk together the egg yolk with some like monk fruit or a little bit of coconut sugar. And I would just whisk this together and then just like pour it into my coffee. And it's so good. (laughs) It's so, so good. And so that started just to become a, a thing that I like really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, just really getting back to this like ancestral eating, like what is the natural way of eating things? And as much as I'm doing that, there's still a percentage that I can improve. And, and so that's where I was just like starting to really question some of these ingredients and these products. Like for example, a couple of weeks ago, I was making, uh, I was making almond milk at home. I had a whole bunch of almonds in the freezer and I was like, let's use these up almonds, a dash of sea salt, maple syrup, and water. Like, and then I go to the store and it's like all these weird gums and all these weird ingredients. I'm just like, no, never again. Like I'm not, I'm not buying this ever again. I either I'm going to make it at home or, and I'm going to also have the raw milk. Totally. And what's funny about almond milk is you look at the carton and there's like no fat in it. You're like, how many friggin' almonds are they using then? Like three? 
Totally. Totally. Because it's all water. Yeah. It's water with some xanthan gum or whatever. And it's like, what what is in this? It's nothing to do with the label. It's great marketing. It's so true. Great marketing. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I want to talk. I'll pull it back here for a second. It's pretty obvious what like the key pillars are for general health. Like any, any coach and trainer is going to agree on like sleep, nutrition. And I know that can obviously be a huge spectrum, which is what we've been talking about. For sure. Like some type of fitness or exercise, stress management, lifestyle, whatever the fuck. Um, it's okay to swear in here, right? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I have like 30 listeners. Like it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Like maybe I have 35. I don't know. Um, I I would like to talk about, or I'd like to pick your brain on what happens when, um, we might have to get specific, but sleep is clearly a huge thing. And most of us are under, under recovered, blah, blah, blah. There's a host of things that can happen depending on the person. Absolutely. Um, rabbit hole, but would you be able to shed some light on like maybe some of the more common, uh, correlations with how our hormones are affected if we get like a shit sleep, like two to three hours sleep versus we're used to seven or eight or nine. Yeah, absolutely. So sleep is so essential. It was like one of the most important things for me to prioritize when I was feeling my absolute shittiest with Hashimoto's. And, um, yeah, I just, I mean, if you're not sleeping, we all know how that feels. Mm. right like just one night of not getting enough sleep I'm just like oh I'm just cranky the next day like I'm just off right I'm not on my game and it's one thing if that happens like for one night but if that were to consistently happen and like I know that that's that's the case for so many people I'm like I just do not know how you function I I have no idea so if you're not sleeping you're not healing and it's really essential to make that a priority so if you're not sleeping you end up increasing your cortisol levels, your stress hormone. Um, and so your cortisol ends up going up because we end up, we often think like cortisol is a bad thing. It gets a bad rap and like, yeah, ultimately, I mean, if it's too high, that's an issue. If it's too low, that's an issue. We need cortisol to literally be alive. Like you wouldn't be alive if you didn't have it. We just want it in the right range. I mean, a lot of us don't realize that not eating enough food, over-exercising, lack of sleep. This actually is a stressor to the body. Most people think of stress and they think of like work and bills and kids and, you know, things like that. And yes, that's stress as well, but there's also like your own metabolic processes like that can cause internal stress. So if you're not sleeping, your cortisol levels will go up. So those stress hormones rise and then your cortisol actually speaks with your insulin. So as the cortisol goes up, your insulin starts to rise and your insulin is a really important hormone. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't need to worry about insulin because I'm not diabetic or I don't have prediabetes. That's not a thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. We all have insulin. (laughs) We all have blood sugar issues at some point. Um, And so your insulin goes up and your insulin is basically what takes glucose sugar from your meal and helps you to store it into your cells. Um, And it helps with that whole metabolic process. And so Cortisol and insulin, now they're, they're high because you got lack of sleep and they are both fat storing hormones. And so, you know, week by week, you're not getting the sleep and you're causing more stress and you're causing more insulin metabolic issues. And then now the weight starts to come on and then the weight starts to come on and it starts to impact more inflammation. Um, and it just becomes this really nasty cycle. So, um, that's really what gets impacted. Those, those are the two biggest hormones that will get impact impacted by lack of sleep, but it's this big cascade effect. You know, now if you have high cortisol and blood sugar irregularity, you are probably, and you're exhausted, you're probably not waking up the next day. Like I'm going to go eat a delicious kale salad with grilled (laughs) chicken. And like, you're probably not saying that to yourself. You're like, I want some coffee. Give me some carbohydrates. Where's the sugar? Where's the chocolate? Like that's what happens when those hormones are out of whack. You have way more sugar and carb cravings. And then those sugar and carb cravings, you give into those, it leads to more sugar and carb cravings. And that can now start to impact sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone, 
the cortisol starts to impact your thyroid. So your, your cycle gets impacted, your weight, your energy levels, your body temperature, like it all becomes mm. this cycle where we basically don't think much of it. Cause it's like, Oh, I didn't really sleep well. I'm eating a little bit of extra carbs, had that piece of pizza, had the wine, whatever. But like, you know, months go by and you wake up and you're like, I just got hit by like a Mack truck. Like what, what happened to me? I don't, yeah. what's going on. Right. Where Literally and figuratively. From? Yeah. Basically. <laughs> basically. Without looking both ways. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. That, that's a super good point. And <clears throat> I think most people listening to this podcast and yours are pretty health conscious people and probably, you know, on a spectrum of like decently mindful. Right. Um, if there are some other listeners listening to this, it sounds like, you know, those things you kind of checked in on, like, you know, I didn't sleep as well. I had some extra carbs. I had this pizza. It's like, I, I think probably most people wouldn't even be mindful of those changes that they're making because they're probably subconscious and they, you know, they may also not know the effect of any of that stuff. So they think it's not important to think about that. Totally. So that's tough. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough. Um, it, it helps to be mindful, eh? continue yes. to be more mindful. Yeah, it's so true. It's true. I mean, and there's lots of things you can do, you know, um, like tracking, just track, track stuff, like write down what you're eating, what your bowel movements are like, what your water intake has been like. Like if you have this data that you can look at over, you know, two or three weeks, and then you can go back and be like, oh, like yeah. this is what's happening. Or like, these are the days where I actually felt really great. What happened there? What did you do? Yeah right? You know, get, just get some data. This is why also blood work and hormone testing and like that can also be really insightful because it, it gives you some data to really work off of. Yeah. Good point. That's something I've actually never done is uh, gotten blood work. I don't think, I don't think I've ever gotten that tested. So yeah. like, I'm keen to do that as a, Your someone that's generally healthy. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um, you talk about, I want to jump back to thyroid because, you know, pe people are going to, women are going to hear this and like, Hey, you know what? I'll take your advice. I'm going to go get the thyroid panel, but sure. commonly doctors don't want to test that. So, um, how, I mean, is it just as simple as saying like, no, I need to get this tested. Totally. Um, it's so important that you become your own health advocate and you demand for these things, like really demand for it. You will probably have to pay for some of it out of pocket, but it's so worth it. So you can, again, get that data and really know. Um, I just go straight to my naturopath and pay for the whole thing out of pocket because I know what's going to happen if I go to the medical doctor and I've just been yeah. given the runaround and it's just a waste of my time and it's a whole thing. And I'm just like, I'm just going to pay for this out of pocket. Um, so I check my labs now probably about every five to six months just to stay on top of like antibodies and things like that and what that's looking like. Um, and then uh, there's actually a lot of really great places that I feel like online now is more so in the U S where you can mm -hmm. order labs like directly to your house and you can just do at home lab testing. I, I oh, think, cool. I don't know if let's get checked does thyroid. I can't remember. They might, I know they do some other ones, but there's some really great online lab kits that you can order and just get them straight to your house, do the blood prick and then send it off. Um, so that's always an option. We do, we have it available for anybody who obviously comes to work with us. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, the mineral analysis testing, we do gut testing, thyroid hormones. Like we, we give that, um, all to our clients. And, uh, most of those tests are included in our, in our program price, but some of them, if they, if they, we need to add them on, then it's just an additional, and then they just have to cover it. But the thing that's really important is like, it's one thing to get the testing. It's another thing to have it properly interpreted. So like so many women will reach out to me and be like, you know, I want to get the, like, I want to get the Dutch test. Okay, cool you know, go and go and get the Dutch test. You can technically order it off their, off of their website, but then what, like, what are you going to do with that information? Cause you're not going to know how to interpret it. Like it literally yeah, is another language. It's really complicated looking at a lot of these tests. So, you know, invest, investing that time and that money in yourself is really important so that you can, if you're going to invest the money in the labs, cause let's face it, they're not that cheap invest the money in the practitioner that's going to really help 
lay it all out for you and explain yeah. it to you and give you a protocol. Yeah. Good call. Um, that's, that's super insightful. What, what kind of costs are, are associated with stuff like that? It depends because oh, I think, um, depends where somebody can like is living it's like prices can be different but um i would say you're probably looking for thought for a full thyroid panel maybe in the 120 to 180 range give or take it can it can really range um i mean it really the range is because some clinics can really upcharge just like such a lot um we don't upcharge any of our lab tests because we just need people to get them done. Like we just need the data. So like, here's the price that we pay and you just need to cover that um, so that we can get the data. But um, that's that's great. Yeah. Hormone testing, like the Dutch test, I think it's, it can range from four to $600 on their website, give or take. Um, Yeah. So it, it just depends what, what you're looking at. Totally. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. There's quite a, quite a range and quite a few yeah. different things you're looking at too. For sure. What's your, um, clearly, um, fasting has been a real big buzzword for, I don't know, quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, what's your personal opinion and like, where does it, how does it range depending on people how, who you might suggest it for and who you might take it out of their protocol as well? For sure. So, um, great question because it is really such a buzz and, you know, fad thing to be doing right now. Mm. Um, and I've fallen into, you know, the fads don't get me wrong. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, I started fasting quite a while ago, maybe four or five years ago, and, uh, I did it pretty consistently, but, and it served me well until it didn't. And so, um, I think that fasting for men can work really, really well because again, like hormonally, the way men function, their hormones are basically on like a 24 hour clock Mm -hmm. and women is on like a 30 day cycle, right? It's very, very different. So, um, there's times in our cycle, especially between like ovulation and your period, like where you need calories, Um, and if you're adrenally depleted, if you have low thyroid output, if you're dealing with infertility, if you have low body temp, like fasting and just not giving your body the nutrition and and fuel is going to do more harm than good. So because so many women are so exhausted and not sleeping well and have this adrenal depletion and have low thyroid function, I do not recommend fasting for them. Not at all. Like you have to work on healing your metabolism first Mm. before you incorporate fasting because it is a stressor to the body, not eating and fasting. It is a stressor. Um, so like my, my husband does a 24 hour fast every week. Mm -hmm. So I think like Tuesday nights, So he eats dinner Tuesday night and then he doesn't eat again till Wednesday dinner. Um, and he's fine. Yeah. I could not do that. (laughs) I'm, I'm not at a place where, you know, I feel good enough with where my thyroid and adrenals are at to, to be able to, to test something like that. Um, but yeah, and he's, he's totally fine. So for the most part, men, men can really tolerate it a lot better. I think that um, if you're using it for like a weight loss tool, again, it depends like symptomatically what's showing up for you. How do you feel? Do you have good sleep? Are you exhausted? Are you energized throughout the day? Yeah. Are you, you know, what's your cravings? Like what, what, like there's so many different factors to look at first before deciding if fasting is something that is going to be a good tool for you or not. Yeah. Good point. And I think commonly, at least what I see is that um, folks are associating like the main benefit of fasting with weight loss. And yeah, like from what you're saying, that can be, that can be really narrow-minded, right? right? Especially when you're like, well, what, like, what is your main goal? Is it like, you don't care if you feel like shit, as long as you're a bit leaner? Right. Like that's dangerous. It 100% is. Yes. Um, one thing I really love, uh, and I actually messaged you, I think, or commented was like, you put up a post about like, uh, I don't know, followers like reaching out to you to tell you that they're unfollowing. you. <laughs> and in, in that week I had someone do that. And I was just like, like, 
I was like, oh, really? You're you're like going to tell me that you're unfollowing me? Like, I, I don't give a so shit ridiculous. at all. Like, so ridiculous. I don't care. Yeah, that was hilarious. And it happened to be like a great friends reference, too. Yeah. Who doesn't love, love friends? <laughs> Greg, man. Love. love friends and people who love friends <laughs> are the best. Yeah, because it's so easy to relate because everyone's seen it at least six times and they know every episode when they totally. like totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I was like, if you don't get this, this quote, this <laughs> right now, I don't know if we can be friends. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be on my page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how relevant my hormone is. You. you know, <laughs> totally. like the TV I watch, you're out. <laughs> totally. Um, do you have any other, like, um, do you guys talk about training with your, in your programs? We often don't. Um, yeah, we often don't, I always send those people to my, my husband. Cause he's like the strength yeah, yeah. and conditioning coach and, you know, works with elite athletes and whatnot. Like he's, he's yeah. the go-to guy for that. We like, we don't really talk training. It's more like just movement. Mm, and nice. most of the women who are coming to us aren't in a stage where they should be training anyways. Can you um, talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think we should also like define, I guess, what we mean by, by training. Yeah. Um, good point. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's different to everybody. Right. Like when I think of training, I think of like weightlifting, like that's what I think of. Um, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you have this mindful approach to weightlifting and training specific body parts and right. Like what that, you know, mm. what your routine looks like, like you're not just going to the gym just to like work out you're actually going to the train with a gym with a purpose of like yeah. leg day upper body right so that's what i think of when i think of training um because anybody could my my husband always jokes about this he's like anybody can make you sweat yeah go sit and, in the fucking sauna yeah totally like anybody can make you run around like a monkey and make you sweat but when it's training it's different there's a purpose to it there's a goal in mind right? You, you have a set strategy that you're following and more of a system that you're following versus just going to like, you know, sweat or run around. Um, so that's when I think of when I think about training. Um, and so I think a lot of women that are coming to us primarily are number one, they've just been exercising their whole life, right? There hasn't been this real, um, priority to, building any muscle. Um, and they're also in a place where they're so depleted anyways, that that's what we need to heal first and address first so that they can actually have the energy to even start something like that. Right. So really for many of our clients, it's like, you need to walk, <laughs> Yeah. just commit to like walking every day, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, um, that's, you know, what's important. Let's just do that. And it's not to say that all the women that come to us are in that, in that place. Um, mm -hmm. but I also think a lot of women that we work with too have been, like you mentioned earlier in this mentality of like high intensity training, got to sweat. Like if I'm not sweating and, you know, pushing and pushing, pushing, then what's the point of moving my body. Right. Yeah. So it's actually helping them to break that cycle and, if you're feeling exhausted and depleting and the weight's not coming off and you're doing high intensity training, it's actually working against you. Yeah. So it's like, we need to work on the healing first and like, actually, cause basically it's like this type a personality, everything has to be pushed. Everything has to go like hard, 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 sweat, 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 and yeah. nothing's actually budging for them. And they are actually feeling worse. So they're in the sympathetic state most of the time we have to get them to a parasympathetic state and slow down that exercise. So, um, we just encourage them like walk, just start walking. And then, you know, let's do that for a few weeks. And then let's start talking about incorporating maybe two to three days a week of, of weight training and just something that's like not high intensity, but low key, just so that it's not even about necessarily body composition change, but it's about like maintaining bone density mm -hmm. and just supporting metabolic rate. Like it's not yeah. like, right. So that's, that's kind of what our approach really looks like with that. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, 
my, uh, my definition of training is not too much different. It might just be like a semantic difference. And that is, I get the word somatic with semantic mixed up all the time when I'm saying <laughs> semantic difference. And it would just be like training is intentional exercise. Yeah. That's pretty much what you Perfect said. Way to put it. I yeah. Mean, eating. Um, Sorry. Yeah. It's cool. If you want to eat it, how was your last hair test? Good. <laughs> My hair mineral analysis test, I have some minerals to improve there. Yeah. Does eating your own hair help? Um, it's not. It doesn't. So I, I also want to say, um, I'm not sure if this is needed, but, you know, uh, you and I are both, co- what is going on with this camera? Just fuzzy as hell all of a sudden. There we go. There we go. <laughs> my own camera's like just cutting me out slowly of my own podcast. <laughs> okay. Really I happens. guess we're done. I guess we're right. Um, I think it's important just to share that there, again, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of like push for women still to fit into the men's category of like, just, you got to push it and like, just fit into the man's world type of thing. Like, I I think that that's still a pretty strong sort of like movement. And, um, and you and I didn't even talk about menstrual cycle, how that affects that with high intensity training too. Um, which again is like a whole separate thing that you could educate me on. I know a little bit about, which I'm happy about, but, um, yeah, like this, this whole like sympathetic dominance and this whole, like, um, just being sort of obsessed over like being thinner. I, 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 am still seeing it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just want to bring that up as like, you know, it's still an issue. I think, I think it's totally okay to want to be leaner and like, that's, that's great. Totally. But like we're missing out on so many other things with just trying to be like bigger or smaller. Yeah. Like we're missing out on like the entire process. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. And I feel like you couldn't have said it any better. Um, but that's, and it's such a mindset shift that women need to make. And it's years and years of that sort of thinking and that mentality and there's just a lot of healing that needs to happen there. There's a lot of healing and perhaps trauma that women need to like really work through and overcome. Um, but it's work that's so needed. Like women really need to do this work because it's true. We are trying to force everything and push everything. And even a lot of the studies around weight loss specifically have been done on men, not on Uh, women. Right. So you know, to try and fit those molds. Um, it's just, it doesn't work for us. It just doesn't work for us. And then it, there's a cost and a payoff to everything that we do. Right. So sure. Like, like you said, you know, you want to look leaner, but at the cost of what, mm-hmm. um, you know, how many like fitness professionals I've worked with and competitors that have gotten on stage and three weeks later, they're calling me up and they're like, my hormones are a mess. I've gained all this weight. My cycle is, you know, is messed up. Like, right? So there's, there's a cost to everything. And so if we can really focus on healing first and like feeling really good, everything else actually becomes that much easier. The weight loss becomes that much easier, but it's, it's, we also have to let go of the timeline. It's just like, Oh, I have four weeks. I got to, you know, fit into the stress or whatever it might be, or the beach or whatever, you know, is coming up. Like you have to let go of the timeline and it is a long term approach. And it's, it's a lot, it's for lifetime. Like, I'm not just doing this because I want to look lean and there's a specific way I want to look sure. That's important to me, of course. Right. Like that, that's important to me. Aesthetics matter, but they're not the only thing I want to wake up and feel energized and feel good in my body and be able to do this work that I love and show up for people and not have headaches and migraines and not be passing out for a 3 PM nap and not be like constantly brain fog. And like, I don't want to feel that way. You know, I want to be able to, yeah, feel really damn good in my body. And, and then, like I said, everything else will naturally follow. Are you in a place where you feel like you feel really good most days? I am. And I feel like there was, there's been definitely up, up and downs for sure. Um, and I would say, yeah, like, well, I had COVID in December 
and that knocked me on my ass. And then I was feeling really shitty afterwards in January and like early ish kind of February. Like it it really did take a toll on me and it took me a little bit of time to like, just get over that hump and heal. Um, But since, you know, I'd say like these last two months, oh my God, just so much improvements with how I've been feeling energetically. And I would say overall, like in the past few years, I've, I felt great, but the sleep, the energy, like that was always, always the thing that was, I was kind of like going back and forth with, it might be like, Oh, one day I feel really energized. But then the next day, Oh, I kind of feel a little bit down. And then one day it's like, it was a bit of a roller coaster having this like consistency. And I think the biggest shifts for me has been like, the organ meats, the raw milk, the minerals and the copper supplementing with beef liver, diving deeper into hormones, eating more regular meals and not actually fasting in the morning. Like I eat within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up, Mm. you know, hydrating, like just, just simple, simple little tweaks have actually really moved the needle for me. And it's been like, Oh my God, I had like an entire week of actually feeling completely energized and like I can take on the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's been pretty consistent now for a good, like two months, I would say. I'm really happy to hear that. I, that. <clears throat> I think I probably had COVID a little while ago. This has been a weird like month for me where I think I had COVID. I don't get sick, super regular, pretty healthy. Yeah. Try to be yeah. mindful. I think I got COVID before like two, a week and a half before that. Uh, my ex and I both had, or our son had like the, I don't know, 12 to 24 hour flu. Right. He was just like puking in bed. There's nothing worse than a toddler puking in the middle of the night. Of course that sucks. And then we both got it the next day and it was like, Samantha, I was uh, like, literally, I was literally laying on the kitchen floor, like awake middle of the day and like no music, no TV, no, like just laying there, like for like 40 minutes at times being like, I need to get up to the counter. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, to- I know the right? feeling. Like, oh I God. totally know the feeling. I, I, I can totally relate. Yeah. It definitely took a toll on me and, and my husband. Um, and thank God I was sick first. And then, so he could take care of me and then he got sick after, and then I could take care of him. Like if That's we were both brutal. sick at the same time, I do not know Oh. how we would have been able to function. Like I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't get up and make food. I couldn't, no one could walk the dog. Like that would not have happened. No, your life would have um, fallen apart. I had, yeah. I had, this is like, this is kind of a funny thing. And I, I personally think, you know, I've never been like really ill, but um, with small illnesses like that, like I'm pretty grateful and there's lessons in that, I think too. Totally. Um, but like, it was kind of funny because I was bedridden and then I looked down at this banana I had eaten the day before and I like looked down and there was like half of a banana left and I hadn't <laughs> finished it in a day. And I was like, holy shit, I've only had half a banana today. Totally. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Totally. It's funny. I like totally lost my appetite. I like, I, I think I lost like six pounds or something that week, yeah. but I was starving the following week. Like I was so hungry after I couldn't stop eating. Like it was in, it was like just insatiable. Give me food. Maybe because my body just felt so depleted, Mm. but, um, I also think because I had lost my sense of taste and smell, like it was this this weird, I need to eat more food. Cause, Oh, maybe if I eat this, I can taste (laughs) it. Or maybe if I eat this, I could smell like, it was just this weird thing. And I was like, wow, I'm eating a lot right now. Um, But, you know, the thing I also want to add here too is like, you know, just you asking me about how my energy and how I'm feeling and everything right now. I think that there's often this like misconception that because we're in the health space and because we eat so well and take care of ourselves, like, oh my, we should never feel any, we should never have any problems or anything like that, right? We should never have symptoms like, and yeah, that's not the case. I mean, we're human beings. And I know for me, as like an entrepreneur and running my own business and having a big team, like it's a lot of work. I love what I do, but 
it's a lot of work. And just that alone can take a real toll. Like we often don't think how impactful the mental stress can be. And when you have like such a busy brain, Mm. that's sympathetic, you know? And so that's been a big lesson for me of like recognizing how my stress and just day-to-day things can really take a toll on my body. And so to say like, oh, I've had two months of like really consistent energy where someone yeah. might be like, well, wouldn't, shouldn't you have like 10 years of really consistent energy? Yeah, you're it's a coach. Like, you're helping. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, it actually can come and go. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm human too. And it can, things can impact me just as they can anybody else. I, I think the difference is that I'm super conscious and mindful of like, oh, this didn't work and I need to shift this because, you know, I don't want to feel like that. So mm-hmm. like, I'm very intuitive that way, as I'm sure you are. It's like, no, something's off here. Okay. What's, what's the next step? What am I doing to shift this? Right. So. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great, like vulnerable, honest point. I think that's a really good way to wrap it up for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I, I really appreciate you being on here. Um, we'll, we'll talk again soon too. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thank you.